Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back to our wonderful listeners. I'm going to warn everybody we are recording outside uh, a cafe, so there's going to be a couple of environmental noises, so I thought I'd warn everybody about that right off the start. And um, just letting you guys know that, you know, what we're going to focus in on is, um, you know, when life gets you down, how do you pick yourself up and move on? So my guest today is Shane Buzza. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, And you'll notice that he has a very distinct accent and he's coming to join me today from down under. Sure, yeah, from Melbourne, born and bred. Yeah. Okay, well, see, you're already getting into my first question, which is, you know, tell us where you're originally from, and I'm kind of curious to know what exactly did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I haven't thought about that a lot as you get older, but uh, so born in Melbourne, uh, in a suburb called Asker Vale, which is really close. You know, I was blessed to grow up really close to the city of Melbourne. Um, and Melbourne is a lot like Toronto in its multiculturalism and way of life as well. A uh, really vibrant city. So um, yeah, grew up there. Actually, didn't leave Melbourne until I was in my mid twenties. Uh, and it's always known at the And what did I want to be when I grew up? I actually was keen to be a journalist when I uh, was at high school. And I didn't become anything close to being a journalist, <laughs> but uh, you know that was a nice little pipe I'm glad I wasn't because they kind of nice people all the time. Generally. Yeah. Sorry, but uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to be, and a, and a sports star and a rock star and all the other things I, that kids want to be. So for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I think one of the first things I wanted to be a dentist and then I decided I don't really want to look <laughs> in people's mouths every day. Yeah, uh, you, you, gotta, you, know. you gotta be a certain type of Yeah, yeah. Um, so where are you currently living and what are you currently doing with your life? So I'm back in Melbourne. I was living in Toronto recently-ish and then I moved back um, at the end of March. Uh, so I'm currently working a couple of contract jobs um, in the events industry, that's that's my field, is events. Uh, and I'm also in the very early um, stages of uh, just launching my own company, uh, Blue Event Productions, the very early days. And, um, so it's a bit of a, I guess an exclusive, if you want to call it that. Yeah. It's not something I've promoted at all, but I'm excited to be, I guess, you know, doing my own book. Creating my own brand and doing my own event production. Amazing. So, what? So, tell us a little bit more about like what is event production? Like, what do you do? Yeah, people. I do get that a lot. People look at me and say, "What do you do?" And I tell them, "Okay, anything that you go to, whether it's a festival or even a sports event or whatever it is, maybe someone's twenty-first, whatever. Look around you. That just didn't create itself. Um, all the infrastructure. Actually, if people should watch that fire festival documentary on what not to do, but uh, I mean, you know, what we do is we produce 
or I produce large-scale events um, in the sense of doing project plans together, all the suppliers, and the cleaners, the security, to catering, to entertainment, uh, anything you could possibly think of. Um, all the staff even to put it all together, the printing, the design. Um, we, well, that's what I do. I put that all together. Um, and that's what I've been doing for over 10 years now. Actually, my first event was here in Toronto that I did a long time ago. I may have taken my top off for that one, but uh, you know, yeah. it was fun nonetheless. <laughs> it was good. It was a nice intro. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, um, so, you you know, we've sort of, uh, you know, chatted a little bit about before the podcast that you, you know, you've lived a very interesting life. You've done a lot of different interesting things. You've had some really hot, you know, big highs and a couple of lows and so I thought maybe we'll kind of dive a little bit into sure, yeah. um, into your life story and like how did you uh, you know how did you you know move on and how, you know how do you approach when things kind of go um, you know sideways Fair enough. right yeah, so it's definitely been a colorful life and uh, my family and friends will attest to that and just nodded smile if anyone ever asked you that uh, but they've also been very patient with me because I, I guess, unknowingly or unintentionally am a natural risk taker. Uh, but with that, of course, comes, as you say, amazing highs. And I've travelled most of the world and uh, I've just met amazing people along the way and had great experiences. But it's not always a fantasy world and sometimes the life cuts you in the ass and brings you back to, back to work, but that, that's needed. Um, a humble person, yep. a compassionate person, and a respectful person. So, um, I guess, what did you want to know? I guess well, you know, I, let's. Um, <laughs> I mean, because I could go in any direction. So. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, you know, I have questions, but I may jump around in their particular in their particular um, order. But mm-hmm. I want to start maybe with your story about Europe and how did you end up stranded in Europe with one leg? <laughs> okay, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's not a question that a lot of people get asked, but uh, <laughs> I was doing a three-month trip in Europe, um, as a lot of people do in their 20s, and um, I was water skiing in the Greek islands, and uh, my right foot got sucked under the water, snapped back, Something wasn't right, and um, I remember the I was on an island, so the locals just gave me a couple of little pills to let dissolve on my tongue. And they said it would all go away, and it certainly did go away for a couple of hours. And then reality hit that I was in bad shape, so I uh, went to Athens, got the MRIs, and I ruptured my knee in three places. Uh, I still had a couple of weeks to go on my trip, so I continued on my trip. I uh, just kind of strapped it up and moved on and tried to forget about it, which was hard. But it, as far as being stranded, um, I sent my suitcase home because it was getting becoming challenging to move around with that. Uh, and also because I was supposed to go to Indonesia. And if anyone has been to Indonesia, you know, you can get by basically in bodies and you know, a tank top or two and, and bombs. Oh, sorry, flip flops for the Americans. But, uh, so I sent my luggage home. Um, but I, long story short, the travel insurance company would not allow me to go to Asia, so I couldn't get on the plane because I couldn't get out like me. And that took them nearly a week to agree to put me on a flight. Well, the plane didn't send me to Asia, they sent me home. 
but in that time, I have no plans to start Aussie names to them, by the way, so there's worse places to be stuck. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I suddenly was in Amsterdam with no luggage, uh, on one leg, a very, I kind of run out of money too, so um, thanks mum and dad for helping me out <laughs> that week. Uh, and it was, the weather had turned as well, so I had shorts and a t-shirt on and suddenly it was bloody cold. So um, I was kind of hobbling around on my leg and shorts and a t-shirt, freezing my ass off and, you know, kind of getting by on one burger at Burger King a day just to survive and um, not knowing. It was a day-to-day um, prospect. I actually didn't know when I was going to So every day I would call the travel insurance company and they give me an update and unfortunately it took them a while to get their shit together basically and send me home. So um, that was an adventure in itself. I imagine that that must have been really scary. Um, I mean, okay, maybe not so much for, you know, a young male, you know, you guys are kind of scrappy and can like put stuff together, but I'm... (laughs) I, I'm just thinking of myself as a young female. I would be terrified, <laughs> and I'd probably be calling my mom to be like, "You gotta come here. Like, I don't know what to do." Well, yeah, look, there was there was a small part of that, but um, as I said, there's worse parts of the world to be put strained now, I guess. Um, and people were generally actually, you know, now that I reflect on this, I remember being offered like a banana. These, this old lady just watching me limp around on one leg with shorts and a t-shirt on in the rain cold and she walked over and gave me two bananas and that just hit me actually I've forgotten about that moment but um, people were nice to me along the way I didn't I didn't find any trouble but at the same time the unknown the element of unknown every day was kind of scary um, and you know, not having a lot of money as well means you don't just have the resources to just crash somewhere and, yeah, take care of yourself. It's sometimes interesting that even in one of the scariest moments, like, you come across, like, simple acts of kindness yeah. that, like, instills your faith back in, you know, humanity that, you know... Not everything's so bad. Oh, absolutely. And actually, another small incident of that was um, one of the hotels I was staying in, I um, noticed a massive group of people, well, young people, and I just, you know, me being me, I said hi, and um, it turned out it was a Kentucky party, uh, or a Kentucky group, and I had been on a Kentucky group uh, recently and got chatting to them and told them my tale of woes and they introduced me. So they welcomed me into their group and I ended up getting drunk with them. It was great. And suddenly, you know, we kind of stranded somewhere but having a good time. What, uh, what did you call it? A Kentucky? Yeah. Kentucky. What is that? Oh, it's a tour group for uh, 18 to 35. Oh, okay. Yeah. I figured if I'm wondering, somebody else might be wondering the same thing. Oh, fair enough. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that, that, that was moving strandy in Amsterdam. Basically on one leg, shorts and a t-shirt, and freezing cold weather. Yeah. And yet you made it through on the other end. You got your flight home. Got my flight home. And actually, uh, I remember two of my closest friends picking up from the airport when I got home. And uh, took me straight to their house and cracked some beers. And we sat in the pool and the spa and... I think I needed that just to laugh, if not laugh about it, but, you know, and just uh, move on and say, well, you know what, that, that just happened, but um, I'll be okay. You know, yeah. I'll be fine. And it only 
my parents really didn't pick me up only because they had gone on a trip themselves when I came home, which I don't think sat well with my mother especially. But uh, uh, anyway, you know, like my, my parents during that week were just incredible. Mum was just amazing as she has, has always been. And, you know, she sent me a couple of bucks just to... Tie get, you over? Yeah, just to get a Burger King every day or whatever I was getting. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So you've also had, um, I guess, you've flown across the world for love. Yes, I did. Yep. Uh, That was pretty recently, too. And, um, you know, whilst it didn't have the happy ending that uh, her or I were hoping for, um, definitely no regrets. And uh, I think I would have regretted not doing it and in that element of unknown of what if. And, um, you know, it's still very fresh. But, as I said before, natural risk taker, and um, I thought, why not? And Toronto, I'd already lived in three years in my 20s, so, you know, I knew the city is a great city. It's just one of the greatest cities in the world, or like Melbourne. Um, And I took the plunge. Uh, It didn't just happen, you know, it took a couple of years to to get everything in place, and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I also followed a business venture. It wasn't just... I was trying to get both, I guess. Right, right. Uh, get a business working and also do, live happily ever after like we all want. But uh, unfortunately, it didn't end that way. And again, no, no regrets. And um, the lessons learned from that, uh, yeah, you, you can't buy that. For sure. So let's talk about a couple of those. Like, what did you get out of that experience? Because we all have experiences and we're all meant to get lessons out of them. Yeah. Right? That kind of prepares us, I think, for, like, the next great thing that's going to come along. Yeah, look, yeah, it has. And as I said, it's still pretty fresh. It's been the last 12 months of my life. And, um, yeah, the the lessons learned have been huge, both professionally and personally. Uh, Personally, I guess I learned a lot about um, what I want and what I don't want in life and what's feasible and and deep down what, what works for me and what doesn't. Um, also, just I've learned more lessons about how to treat other people. You, know, you never stop learning that and uh, you know you just must respect everyone regardless of age, what they do, who they are. Um, mm. And compassion is a big one too. Uh, so a lot of life lessons learned there. And professionally, look at... I kind of jumped into an entrepreneurial uh, opportunity, which was great opportunity, but uh, perhaps rushed into a few things. Um, and again, I don't regret that because I'm now taking those lessons into my next venture as an entrepreneur, as, as a business owner. And again, you can't buy that. You can't always learn that at, at school. You need to take a hit. And you need to learn from those experiences. And I can see you nodding. Because, uh, yep. Well, being an entrepreneur, I get yeah, it, right? Like absolutely. you're not going to be, you, you, not everything is going to go the way you want it to be. You're going to have problems that you have to solve. You're going to have some failures, which, you know, you can only learn from. And, and I study a lot of, you know, high-level entrepreneurs, and I look at their success habits and what they're up to. And, you know, a lot of them faced a lot of failure. What I figured out is my challenge has always been, you know, the the self-talk around the failure, right? And and I feel like we're not, um, we're not praised for our failure. Like, there's no praise for the failure as in like, 
good for you for yeah. like taking that step and having the courage to try something and it didn't work but guess what you got some really good life experience to take now you know what not to do or who not to be and i think it brings you closer in alignment with yourself Actually, you know what though when i went home because this all happened here in toronto and uh, i went back to melbourne and i actually did get a lot of uh, the self-assurement from my family and friends that you know it's good for you to have a crack and I, and I did get that and it was really nice to, to hear because i already knew i had amazing family and friends and that really just uh, put an exclamation point on that and, and made me appreciate the, the amazing people I surround myself with. Because um, I've always tried to see the good in it, or you know, the good parts of people. And from that, just yeah, I'm so blessed. Family especially. Um, I got home at two in the morning from when I finally went home, and there was one car in the car park that his mum waiting for me uh, at two in the morning to, yeah. to pick, pick her 38 year old son up from the airport. It was. Uh, you know, it was a moment I'll never forget, and I will always appreciate it she does. But um, you know, I, I was assured uh, that you know, good for you for yeah. taking that step and, and taking the risk. And whilst it didn't work, what I've taken from that. Uh, Did yeah. you always like? Were you feeling like that when it was happening? Like, or were were you having some some doubts and? Oh, no, a lot of doubts. Yeah, you know, well, a lot of doubts and um, a lot of self-reflection and. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, self-criticism as well. I, I really was criticizing myself and blaming myself for a lot of things. Um, and that's unfair to everyone uh, that does that. It's not the right way to go about it, but that, that's a process as well. Would you say the number one thing that got you through that was the social connection? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, being home... Uh, and being around my family and friends, there's no way I could have gotten through that situation without them. Uh, my mum, dad, and my sister and her family, um, I'm just so appreciative of everything that they do and, you know, I can do no wrong in their eyes, of course, uh, and they stick by me through anything. They've been fantastic. And the friendships I have, not just in Australia, but in Toronto as well, I mean, my friends here were checking in, you know, how is everything in Australia? Are you feeling better? What's what's the next step? What's the next move? What are you up to? Um, yeah, it was just a, a really it was a moment where I appreciated um, those relationships even more than I already did. I I, I already loved my family and friends, and it's just escalated even more so now. And it was also very humbling as well. Yeah. Um. So y you know, you talked a lot about taking. Uh, risks. What other kind of crazy risks did you, when you reflect back? Um, you know, whether it be entrepreneurial or well, you know, just self fulfillment or you know, self growth. I lived illegally in New York for nine or ten months. So I guess that, <laughs> that's a bit of a risk. Um, that was also, I guess, fundamentally for love as well. I, uh, I went to New York thinking, oh, well, that would just sort itself out, and you know. Things don't just always sort themselves out, especially in that dynamic. So um, that was a bit of a risk, but I was also 26 and didn't really understand the repercussions of everything you do in life. Um, so yeah, that was a huge one. I think even just coming here initially when I was 25, 26, 25, 26. Once you get past a certain point, yeah. looking back, you're like, 
it doesn't seem that long ago, but then you're like, how old was I? Because that felt like five years ago. Meanwhile, it's like, no, that was actually ten years ago. It was a long time ago, but I think <laughs> the, the, the risk of coming here um, in my mid-20s, I didn't know anyone in Toronto. And I just got off a plane and didn't have a job, didn't have anywhere to live, and found a, a hostel in the Kensington Market and lived there for, for five weeks until I got a job and somewhere to live. And actually, I'll never forget, I, in my first job, um, I was telling, it was at Elephant Castle on, on Yonk Street, and uh, I was telling some of the crew about the hostel, and it was freezing, and you know, the blankets were paper thin. And one of the girls working, who to this day is still one of my best friends in Canada now, went home, grabbed two blankets and brought it back and gave it to me to take back to the hostel. And, um, you know, I, I never forget those things. And, uh, Again, such a simple, it's like the bananas, right? Like it is, the, such a simple bananas. act of, yeah. you know, generosity and kindness can really help make the not so great you know, yeah. feelings just a tiny bit better, Absolutely. right? And like, I can make it through it. Okay, at least I got a warm blanket, you know? Well, there was, you know, there was that. And then, you know, because I, I went to New York and then I came back. And um, when I came back, uh, I broke my arm and got robbed within two weeks of coming back. Oh, and I got hit by a car while I had the broken arm. Seriously? Um, yeah, I was riding my bike and uh, got hit by a taxi late at night. Um, riding my bike with one arm because the other one had faster, you know, cut in faster. And this all happened in about like, two weeks, and I thought, shit, have I done the right thing here? But, uh, <laughs> but no, you, you just push through, and um, again, very blessed to be surrounded by good people here in Toronto. I've got my Canadian family, and uh, they looked after me back then. So, wow. Yeah. I, 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 I was thinking to myself, like Murphy's Law, you know, like the law of three. You know, um, and I, I am like, what, what were you, like, when you were, what, okay, so you get hit by this car and you're like, what are you thinking so that was about that whole thing, right? Well, like, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, well, uh, I don't know, I guess I just, I generally am pretty positive. And, I mean, I was getting down about it. I'm like, shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> all, all these things happening, I get, I get hit by a cab, but, uh, you know, the, I, I tell people that tomorrow is another day, and, and you wake up, and it is, it's a new day, and you move on, and okay, how can I improve my situation, and uh, you know, it all sorted itself out somewhat, you know, my arm got better, the things I got, they got stolen, they're replaceable, right. um, and uh, you know, I didn't break any more bones, put it that way, from the car incident, so yeah. that was a bonus, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's an interesting point that you make that, like, at the end of the day, stuff does eventually sort itself out in, in one shape or, yeah, shape yeah. or form, right? Like, it, 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 you know, you can't have a broken arm forever, yeah. right? So even when it seems like this is, like, the worst, you know, down on my luck um, situation, the sun still has to rise. Does. The next day, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. well, I, I tell others that you know tomorrow is another day, so just take a few deep breaths. And, but I've had to listen to my own advice, especially recently. Uh, but yeah, you wake up. You it's so what? hard to listen to your own advice. Oh, really, we're all <laughs> like, so smart, aren't we? Well, so we well, have to, you know, practice it ourselves. It's interesting. It's because we know it deep down, but it's almost like I just want to like mellow in my misery for a little bit. Just yeah. 
oh, look, even the, the decision to go home recently, um, that was not an easy one, but, you know, you just had to, had to do it. Like, oh, sorry, I had to do it, and I went home, and things were great, but, you know, tomorrow's another day, new experiences and new opportunities, so, yeah. And that's what you were saying, you know, you're now working on this, you know, new production company, right? And, like, who knows what that's going to sort of lead exactly, to. Exactly, yeah. Sometimes you have to free up some of the old to make space for, you know, things that are bigger and better and greater than your current circumstance. And it, it makes me think about, you know, the butterfly, right? Like, you know, the caterpillar's got to go into that cocoon and it's got to struggle because it's got to build up enough strength to fly, right? And, and I think transformation is uncomfortable. Oh yeah, change and transformation is very uncomfortable for a lot of people, um, and I'm still, you know, I've got a, a bit of, what's the word I'm looking for, I, not that I feel uncomfortable, but I'm nervous, I guess, that's, I'm nervous about what the future holds, but if I don't have a crack, then, uh, you know. Well then, well, you just basically don't change. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. It's interesting, because the less, you, you know, even when you don't want to change, the one variable that is constant is that things are going to change whether you want to well, and, and, or not. And if you can somewhat dictate those you know, those changes yourself, um, often it's a better outcome right. than if you just kind of plod along and just follow rather than take the plunge, take the plunge in the initiative. So that's what I'm doing now and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I'm even doing that. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm not patting myself on the back here, absolutely not, because there's years and years of uh, grind to come, and again, you're not in, because you know exactly what that's like, oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we'll see what happens, and at least I'm, uh, you know, doing something that I'm passionate about and, and want to do, so. Yeah, and I think that's an important key. If you had any advice or tips for somebody who may be also feeling a little down on their <laughs> down on their luck mm. you know what you know if it was your best friend going through a hard time like what might be something you would say or suggest to improve their circumstance or or help them think about their circumstance differently i guess you say different things to different people because they're not all the same so they're the same yeah. formula is Whether it's your family or friends, but surround yourself with positive people. Some people prefer to be alone and, right. and deal with their, their issues themselves. So for those people, I would say that you know, what I said for tomorrow is a new day. Take a deep breath and think about what is the next step. Get yourself up because you're not always going to feel this down. And if you do, then you're just prolonging that agony and you're not actually helping yourself. Um, and but again, it's, it's hard for some people to grasp that um that process yeah but i like that you said you know what is you know just think about what is the next step don't worry about like you know well how am i going to make money mm. or how am i going to support myself or how am i going to ever find love again right like because that's so can be really quite in the future or or it's an unknown so you can't really plan how you're going to get there what you can do is take at least the one step and say okay well you know what I'm going to hand out my resumes. Yeah. Action, and you'll be surprised what the universe kind of brings forth to you in those circumstances. But you're right. It's just what is, what is one step that I can 
choose for myself to take, right? Because life does, you know, life is going to change and you're not going to have much choice, but mm -hmm. at least you have a choice in your next step. Oh, absolutely. And that, you know, uh, I think writing things down helps as well, whether it's your whiteboard at home or whatever it is, notepad, journal, journal, whatever it is, just, just write it down. You don't have to write an essay, just write a couple of documents down and then, then it becomes real. It's in front of you and it's a reminder and then some people like to talk to themselves or you know, pick themselves up and if you're reading something that you wrote that you want to do or the next step, uh, I think it helps you, it helps you along the way. Well, it helps to illuminate, and I think it also kind of uses different parts of your brain. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. They kind of pull, you know, when, when it's on paper, you know, you're kind of out of the, like, talking to yourself brain to, like, now I have to read language, and I have to interpret what the language means, and so it changes the different, um, you know. Um, oh, I just thought of another one, too. Yeah. The acting is very important, and whatever that means, it's going to mean something different to each person. Whether it's just going for a walk, or going for a swim, or playing a game of tennis, basketball, whatever, I think just being active helps stimulate the brain and also get rid of a lot of the negativity that might be lingering. So that's a big one. The adrenaline, well, or or you know the the hormones of stress, like yeah. it'll just kind of sit there. Oh yeah. Um, and one of the best ways to I think. I'm going to say metabolize those yeah. hormones is to get your body moving and get the energy moving so that because when you're in a hormonal dump it's really hard to see clearly because you're overwhelmed by all sorts of bodily sensations on top of thoughts so if you can just move your body and get that down oh, yeah. I think that's going to help the mind become more clear about what is the next best step yeah it just it helps help stimulate everything you know, the brain especially and um, it's just like yeah. as well so yeah that's my other one awesome I, I, I think we've I mean I feel like I've had a very fun conversation just <laughs> learning a little bit about you and your stories and you know, I think people experience their own stories in different ways that are very similar. We all have highs, we all have lows, and like, how do we um, begin to navigate that? So that's amazing. Um, so you're on to this new venture, you're back home. Um, if people want to connect with you, like, where can they find you? Okay, uh, best place is probably LinkedIn, I think for now. Yeah. yeah. The very early steps for me when I'm doing so. Uh, LinkedIn definitely. Shane does up. He said today it's a unique last name. So there's not many of us floating around. Um, so yeah, connect connect with me on LinkedIn. And um, you know, I, I'm a good listener as well. And uh, I had a lot of experiences, colourful, you know, good, bad, all of the above. So always happy to chat with anyone and, and pass on advice. I actually, um, I do uh, like presentations or I have at schools and universities in the events industry just to pass on you know a bit of knowledge and not just in a theory sense but life. Yeah. You know? In real life, like real when life, events yeah. and stuff is going down, what do you do? Yeah, what do, you do? <laughs> so um, I'm always happy to pass on any info and listen as well. Listen to others and um, I think that's how we just we learn, you know, from other other people's experiences and our own so collectively. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So LinkedIn, definitely. Okay, well, uh, for our listeners, I'll get the link um, in the show notes, uh, so it makes it easier if you want to uh, connect. 
and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to um, meet with me on your short stay here in Toronto to do this podcast, and uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Oh, no worries, Marilyn, but thanks for inviting me as well. This is great, actually, to talk about stuff like this. And, is this your first podcast? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, so be nice. I don't know how I went. Yeah. But, uh, just, <laughs> I just think it went nice. great. It okay. went great. I get a sense it went really, really well. I, I usually know by the end whether it was whether it flowed well and I think I feel like we flowed well back and forth and yeah. and you know gave out some pearls of wisdom so you nodded a lot so that's awesome. yeah I not nodding in agreement <laughs> like I know what you're going through so yeah, yeah. awesome well thanks uh, to you and thanks to our listeners and if you're enjoying our podcast make sure to uh, su- subscribe so that you get all the latest and greatest bye for now Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.